Yeah, while it's true that social media is a great way to connect with potential customers, it's not a substitute for having a well-designed website. Social media platforms change um, and they change rapidly. They, they dictate a lot of the, the policies and they, they can uh, take the traffic away from you just as fast as they they gave it to you. You're listening to Smart Tech Spending, a podcast designed to help businesses gauge the success of their technology investments. If you're looking to overcome the challenge of measuring the ROI of technology tools and services, avoid unplanned expenses, and uncover hidden costs, you've come to the right place. Let's get into the episode. Hi, and welcome back to Smart Tech Spending. I'm your host, Nicole Lefsky, Managing Member of Jersey IT Group. Today, I'm joined by Adam Binder, who is the Founder and Creative Director at Creative Click Media, which is located in Manahawkin, New Jersey. He started Creative Click Media, a full-service internet marketing and SEO company in 2011 as a one-man operation and built it up to a double-digit award-winning digital marketing firm. He's a member of the Forbes Agency Council. His digital marketing recommendations and advice can be found on Forbes.com. Adam, thank you for joining us today. So happy to have you. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. So something you said before our call today began that I thought was really notable, and I wanted to kind of kick off our discussion today with it. You said that social media is not a substitute for a well-designed website. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so, you know, I've had a number of uh, clients, you know, basically say that they didn't need a website. Uh, clients, existing and potential clients, um, you know, our social media is doing so good. Why, why do we need a website or why do we need to revamp our website? You know, while it's true that social media is a great way to connect with potential customers, it's not a substitute for having a well-designed website. Social media platforms change um, and they change rapidly. They, they dictate a lot of the, the policies and they, they can... Uh, take the traffic away from you just as fast as they they gave it to you. What we've seen happen is uh, where several clients actually have come back to us and hired us to do that website that we suggested because with Instagram in particular, once the algorithm changed, a lot of them lost a lot of traffic. Um, you know, we, we've seen it even with, uh, you know, we're very good at managing social media accounts. It's been harder even for us to, to get the same results that we did prior to some of those changes. With the website you own, it, it's yours. Um, it's really the only thing that, that, you know, they can't take from you. Look at MySpace, uh, you know, how quickly that went from the, the hot thing to, uh, to, to basically vanishing. The same could happen and probably will happen at some point with the platforms that are, that are around right now. Well, I know you mentioned Instagram. Uh, can you give us an example of how you saw the impact of the Instagram algorithm, how it affected uh, a local business that you do work with? Yeah, well, we were working with a yoga studio who, uh, you know, yoga is really big on Instagram. Um, some of the biggest accounts are uh, related to that topic. And, you know, overnight, um, you know, a lot of the, the engagement, the traffic uh, disappeared. The business owner was, um, you know, really, really excited about all of the, you know, the buzz that was built around her brand. And it was kind of heartbreaking to see it all just taken away so quickly, you know, with no warning and really with no recourse. So they kind of went back at other marketing, online marketing presence that they had and said, okay, help us, you know, what should we be doing here? And at what point did you redirect them and, and what did you do exactly with the website? Or I shouldn't say exactly, but give us an idea of what path you steered them down. Yeah, well, I mean, we're, we always advocate for, you know, keeping the website fresh and SEO 
a website should be evolving constantly. What do they say? The only uh, constant in the world is change, right? You know, and, and your website should reflect that too. You know, especially in a business like that where there's constantly different uh, teachers coming in on and off the roster, different events happening on and off site. I mean, there's all these different things that are happening, and the website should be vibrant with that information. It should get people excited about it. Um, the information should change on the events page. There should be different banners on the home page. You know, and you, and you want to make sure that you're adding useful information for search engines as well. We were able to convince the client to allow us to do that, and yeah, and, and it worked. I mean, you know, fortunately, um, you know, it's not a really hard um, genre to do SEO for. It's not like a pizzeria where there's like one on every corner. You know, maybe there's one or two in a town. You know, so uh, we were able to to get them ranked, uh, and and we did drive a lot more traffic to the site. You know, and and, and all is well, I suppose. Uh, you know, the client was happy. Um, you know. SEO tends to drive really targeted traffic where social media is more top of funnel. So um, I know that it had a really good uh, business impact for her because, uh, you know, we've talked about it and um, it, it produced a good outcome for them. They're happy. Based on what you've said, it sounds like everybody took a step back and then said, okay, how are we going to strategically look at our website now? How can we leverage it? You mentioned that um, you know, it, it can offer a lot with SEO. So let's start with the basics. 20 years ago or more when they first were available as like your online brochure, you know, it was a place to capture maybe your mission statement, a little bit about the, the executive team, uh, key services that the organization provided. And that was pretty much it, right? And then blogging came to be something. And then there was a the evolution of SEO and leveraging the website. So let's dive into that a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, I'm very curious your perspective on truly what a website is and how to leverage it or its content for businesses today. Well, I mean, a, a website is really just a vehicle for uh, achieving your business goals, right? It's more than just a brochure. Certainly, it's it's become a lot more than that. There are still plenty of clients that come to us with that brochure site, um, and you know, even they are starting to mostly realize that they need a lot more than that. Content marketing has exploded. Uh, you know, I mean, between blogging, vlogging, videos, uh, you know, even interactive content. What used to be enough to get you to rank and to convince customers that you're a good choice for you know for their needs is it's it's evolved and the standards are so much higher because everyone's doing it now and some industries are are far more competitive than others it can be really challenging to keep up that's why we offer all those services you know as far as uh, developing an ongoing blog content developing video content uh, we do some really cool interactive content stuff as well. Um, you know, uh, you want a website to be useful. So some of the things we've developed are uh, calculators, quizzes, personality assessments. They're kind of BuzzFeed style. Product configurators or or or, or uh, product generators. Um, you know, let's say you enter in some details about uh, your skin, and it uh, can recommend specific types of skincare. Or, or makeup or, you know, different things like that. So interactive content is huge. I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of it uh, in the coming years. You know, it's interesting to see the evolution of it because now, as you mentioned, it's a tool, right? It's something that every business should have and it shouldn't just sit on a shelf and be there. As an, a company that's providing a service, let's just say, let's say a medical practice, services don't change that much as opposed to like the yoga studio where they have new classes, things are evolving, they have guest uh, instructors. So let's say you have a medical practice. They have a specialty, they have 
physicians, providers there at the practice. Not a lot changing. So in an example like that, when you have an organization that provides a service and the services don't change that much, you know, an accounting firm, an architectural firm, professional services, like what could be the potential impact on their business by leveraging their website, the content, optimizing it with SEO, if someone's unfamiliar with that? Yeah, I mean, with all the businesses you just mentioned, I mean, it's all about generating leads and, and thought leadership. Um, you know, in professional services, uh, such as the ones you, you listed, you know, you want uh, trust is a huge factor, right? So um, if you present helpful, thoughtful, truthful information uh, on your website, that's going to be uh, certainly good for SEO and it's going to generate trust and, and, uh, and help to generate leads. You know, it's really important to optimize your site so that you can be there, but also so that uh, people can get that information and, and we'll reach out to you. Uh, you know, your website's also a good place to show your human side. We're currently redesigning our own site and, uh, you know, there's a lot of things about that are dated, but a lot of people have told me that they hire us, uh, because of our about page, because it's humanizing, because there's pictures of our team, pictures of my son, which are quite old at this point. Um, you know, we just look like people, um, you know, it's, it's important to, not forget that part. People do business with people, you know, and, and to portray that on the on the site. Yeah, there's certainly a lot that goes into it. And something that you mentioned in, in a conversation we had before the show started, which I really thought was interesting, was you said to me that, you know, companies have to, when I, I think I posed the question to you, like, what's the biggest mistake that you see businesses make? And you said that, you know, something that all companies need to do is they need to design with a purpose. And I thought that was really moving because I think that when people think of revamping their website, you know, it's a, they, they focus on the design of it, but they're not looking at it through a lens of how can, how can a potential customer of ours or client have an experience with us before they experience working with us? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I think you called it the uh, the user's journey. You know, some websites are simple uh, where there's maybe just a single goal. But for a lot of websites, like uh, a multifaceted medical practice, um, there could be different user journeys. You know, there could be 20 different services. And, you know, people need to be able to find what they want quickly. It's good to have a clear purpose for not just the site as a whole, but, you know, to, to have well-defined uh, user journeys. Um, you, you can look in your analytics and get a lot of data from that. Within Google Analytics, it shows you how people are meandering through the site and you know what uh, what pages lead to other pages, what where where you're losing users. Um, really valuable information in there, and it can help you plug your leaky holes and you know develop better funnels. You know to get people the information they want and get them ultimately to take a desired action, whether that's filling out a form, picking up the phone, you know, buying a product, whatever it is, um, you know, that, that you can get people where they want quicker. So if a company is looking at making change or really leveraging new aspects of marketing, what would be the first couple of steps that you would recommend someone who makes decisions around marketing and um, revamping a website or creating a website, like to evaluate what they currently have or to start new? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the first thing we do is look at the analytics and, you know, to see uh, what, what's going on. It makes it easier to fix something when you understand the problem, you know, and, and to decide if is it something that we need to fix or something that just needs to be totally redone. Now, if the problem is more visual, you know, sometimes a client will come to us and their site hasn't been redone in 15 years. 
um, you know, and then maybe that's a different approach um, where it's clearly, you know, it's just not up to par. And you know, still, I like to look at the analytics and see what's going on. You know, but we also uh, do an audit of the site, uh, you know, from a technical perspective, um, especially if, if uh, the site is newer and if the design is good. You know, maybe maybe it's not a design thing, but the website's still not performing. Um, then we really go in depth and do a technical audit and and figure out why it's not performing. You know, is it is it the content? Is it the the fact that you know maybe it's not meeting Google's latest standards as far as uh, page speed, uh, performance? Yeah. So there, there's a number of different things. But I I, I like to start with the data. Um, you know, like I said, unless it's just an obvious design design issue. What are some of the you know top two or three? Um, pieces of data that you'd like to look at that you review with your client to show them the impact of the work that you're doing? Uh, well, it really depends on what the work is. But, uh, you know, for a lot of our clients, I'll say it's, uh, you know, visitors, obviously, we want to I- increase visitors. Um, for sites where we're creating a lot of content, we want to check the time that is being spent on those pages. Um, you know, and where they go, where where does the user go after that page? So if we design like an interactive cost calculator for a company, and once they fill that out, they're redirected to a contact page. We want to see, you know, how many, uh, you know, how many people are are actually filling out that form. Um, you know, so there's a number of different things that that we look for. An interesting one is the uh, percentage of of new users. Now, the percentage of new versus returning users obviously is is a piece of of 100. And, uh, you know, so it's always uh, an interesting question when they ask, well, you know, what's better, more new or more, you know, returning? Uh, and, and the answer for that is different based on what type of uh, what type of business it is. Some businesses can get a lot of repeat customers uh, or are you getting more repeat customers because you've got poor customer service and they're coming back to find, you know, uh, answers. So sometimes it's more, you know, the data is a starting point. What 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 I think sets us apart is that we really try to marry that data with information that we learn from the business owner. You know, really try to match, uh, you know, figure out is, does the data correlate or corroborate with the actual things that are happening in the business? Can we prove causation? Um, you know, is, is one event causing the other? Is it a coincidence? Are they related at all? Um, you know, so, uh, I, I think it's really important to, to dig deep and try to put those pieces together. You know, a common mistake that we see uh, when we always ask new SEO clients, have they done SEO before? And, and if they have, um, you know, a lot of times we'll, we'll look at the keywords or something, say, these are not good keywords. So who researched these? You know, it, you got to really tie the business objectives uh, to everything that you're doing or else what's the point? And that's interesting what you say about keywords, because the keywords that, you know, like any industry we're in and, you know, I'm in technology, you're in SEO, web design, digital marketing. If you ask someone who works in their field what the keywords are that people would search, they may be very different than what their prospective customer or client would search, right? Because we're all a little jaded with that. Um, So you really have to put yourself in the seat of the customer, not the company in this case, right? Yeah. Well, you know, as we were talking earlier about it, I was saying, you know, I train all my guys to think like your customer's customer. Um, And I think that's so important because, you know, you can understand what your client's objectives are, you know, usually make more money by generating more leads or more sales like that. Of course, that's like the obvious part. But 
what is it that their clients want to achieve? You know, because you, you generate business by serving them, by giving that, you know, by giving their clients what they want. And yeah, I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of marketing companies miss that angle. Um, you know, I think it's really important to do that, to put yourself in your client's seat, but also in, in, you know, to, to, uh, think like their customer, like their clients. Um, it's really, uh, really enabled us to do some, some pretty cool stuff, uh, you know, to get great results and really, um, yeah, I think it, it helps uh, create, helps us create great ideas. And then from those great ideas, you can leverage that content, right? It doesn't just have to sit on the website. Right. What are some of the ways that um, in working with your clients that you've been able to leverage some of the content that's been created for the website in other ways? Yeah, so the website I look at as like the central hub for all of the marketing. It's the origin point for most of the content and where all the content lives. But you can take snippets of that and, you know, use bite-sized pieces on social media. I love the QR codes are, are popular again because we've been doing cool stuff with them. I made uh, custom business cards for different speeches that I gave and put uh, different pieces of uh, personalized content on certain pages. I gave a presentation using Tetris, a classic video game, as a visual metaphor for the topic I was speaking about. I set up a custom landing page and I created a, a custom business card with a QR code so that the people could go there. It was really well received because it was so personalized. And, uh, yeah, I had kind of included a little bit of a personal story with, uh, with the speech, you know, so personalized content is huge and, you know, people love it. The more you can personalize it to the needs of your audience, the more successful it's going to be. I think that the fact that you can repurpose some of that content and utilize it in other venues, um, whether it's on social media or you can maybe use part of it in a presentation. Using those snippets I love because you can direct people back to the website and then it's all leveraged, right? And then it becomes more efficient in managing that whole process when when you can utilize it in other areas of marketing as well and cost effective, as well as it gives insight, I think, to people making decisions around website design work, what to invest in it, what areas to invest more in, in terms of, am I having a website designed or is there an SEO component? Because to have it designed, but have no SEO doesn't really serve a big purpose, right? What are some of the challenges that you think, um, you know, that can arise for someone who's new to SEO or they're revamping their website? Well, I mean, kind of going back to what we said before, I, I think a big challenge is, you know, making sure it's designed for the target audience. I think a lot of times businesses just make a website that they think is cool or that their customers will like. Um, I see it all the time. And I, we try really hard to, to, to not be order takers in the sense, you know, that, uh, you know, we try to guide our clients. Sometimes they, they insist on what we consider to be not good decisions, but, um, you know, but we always do try to educate. At the end of the day, the site should serve your customers. Uh, it, it's always, you know, we want our clients to like their website, but it should serve their clients. That is the first, uh, you know, the primary and possibly only purpose. You know, it's, it's kind of a bonus that, that you like it. You know, it really should serve the needs of their customers. You know, and, and what we've seen sometimes is that, you know, we'll design a site that the, uh, that the company loves, but it doesn't produce the result that they want because they didn't take our advice. What's one big takeaway that you'd like listeners to get from this episode? Um, you know, a website is an essential part of doing business in the modern world. Uh, even if you have a strong social media presence, 
Um, you know, even if you get a ton of referrals, you know, you should never place all your eggs in one basket, just like I would never tell them not to have social media or not to work on referrals. That's all important. Um, but your website gives you control over your branding and your messaging. It's a stable platform that you can rely on. Um, make sure to invest the time and money into making it the best that it can be. You really have given people lots to think about. You know, it's time for everyone to take a look at their website and, and I think say to themselves, is this working for us? If anyone wants to reach out to you, you have a ton of great information on the Creative Click Media website. Um, I know you post great articles on Forbes as well as other places online. What's the best way to connect with you? Sure. Um, yeah, I would say email is probably the best way to connect. Adam at creativeclickmedia.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much for joining me today for this conversation. We could probably go on and on and talk a lot more about it. Uh, but thanks for you know helping our listeners get a feel for not depending on social media as its only area of marketing online and looking at the website as a business tool that they can leverage to uh, drive interest to their brand. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Smart Tech Spending, hosted by Nicole Lefsky. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing in your favorite podcast player. And if you enjoyed this episode, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate and review the show. Thanks for listening.